Welcome to Lead Together, the podcast designed for Christian men and women striving to lead more effectively at home and work. In a world of constant change and demands, it's common for couples in leadership to feel disunified, unprepared, or reactive. That's why we're here, to guide you with practical leadership skills to increase your impact in all your spheres of influence. We are your hosts, Nick and Kim Bogardis. All right, today we're talking about something with significant consequences for your leadership at work and home. Something that, if you do not have it, can lead to things like strained relationships, ineffective leadership, less authenticity, and less resilience. What are we talking about? Self-awareness. You, no, have, to so. sing, you have to sing it when you say it, <laughs> or else it doesn't work. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah. That's right. Self-awareness is the key to meaningful, impactful leadership, whether at work or home, neighborhood, whatever. It's, it's all about self-awareness to mm-hmm. do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to have more impactful leadership at work and home. And you know, our conviction is it's more than competency. Yes, you have to be good at things, mm-hmm. but you also need self-awareness. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a few things. One, we're going to talk about what self-awareness is. Two, we're going to look at five ways that a lack of self-awareness holds you back. And then three, we're going to look at tools to grow in self-awareness, some tools we found helpful. Yeah. So let's jump on in. Let's first talk about what it is. Yeah. I think we define self-awareness as the capacity to introspectively understand your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, strengths, weaknesses, values. It's a long list of things, but it involves having a clear and honest perception of yourself. That could be recognizing how your actions or reactions affect yourself and the people around you. It's basically knowing who you are, how that shapes your behaviors, and how your behaviors impact others. Mm -hmm. Who you are, which would be your values, things that you care about, how that shapes your behaviors, and how your behaviors impact others. I think that definition is helpful because it starts with the word capacity, which means mm-hmm. you can do it and you can learn it and you can grow in it. Right. So if this is something you want to get better at, mm-hmm. there's obviously hope for this. Like this, this is a muscle <laughs> that you can strengthen. Yes. You know? So it's the capacity to understand one's thoughts, emotions, behavior, strengths, values, and weaknesses, and those behaviors impact on others. Yeah. And you summarize it as knowing who you are how that shapes your behaviors yep. and its impact. And we would say this is fundamental to any leadership, yes. right? Good leadership yes. has good self-awareness. Yes. These are like, this is the building block, part of the foundation. When we go into an organization, we start with this, with the key leaders. Or because home. Because it's that yeah. important, yeah. right? Or home, exactly. Research shows tons of books have been written on the truth that the difference between good leadership mm-hmm. and great leadership is self-awareness and those emotional intelligence capacities. And so as Christians, we're kind of, let's lay some some groundwork here because biblically we could say we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? In Psalm 139. In Ephesians 2, it talks about how we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do in them, which means that God has made us with particular strengths Mm -hmm. and weaknesses. He has made us to do particular good works. And part of self-awareness is what are those those good gifts and Mm -hmm. what are those good works and how can I do more of that better? Calvin and his institutes kind of famously started the first line in his, you know, kind of seminal work. He said, our wisdom, insofar as it ought to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for Calvin, you know, 
church father saying, <laughs> if you really actually want to grow in wisdom, mm-hmm. part of that's knowing God. And a big part of that is knowing yourself as mm-hmm. well. Those, t- those are kind of two pedals in a bike of wisdom. Yep. Socrates picked up on that too, mm-hmm. right? He said, know thyself is mm-hmm. the beginning of wisdom, which I love mm-hmm. to just say know thyself. But yes, it is the beginning of wisdom. And I think the idea behind that is you can't grow without understanding who you are first. There has to be some sort of foundation and you can't give to others that you can't give to yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't call others Mm -hmm. into different aspects without first having self-reflection and and being able to practice that in your own life. Yeah. I think John Maxwell said, you you can't grow yourself if you don't know know yourself. You can't grow yourself if you don't know yourself. That's right. You can't give of yourself if you don't know yourself. That's right. Yeah. And then lastly, I mean, the other kind of applicable voice that could be helpful here is Jordan Peterson's Before You Go Try to Change the World, Make Your Own Bed. (laughs) There's personal responsibility. Yes. And there's personal awareness. Before you go out and think you can solve everyone else's problems, you you probably should start with looking at yourself and growing in your own self-awareness first. Or Jesus. Take the log out of your own eye. No, that's good. There you go. So that's what self-awareness is. And there's some pieces, you know, biblically, theologically, philosophically uh, philosophically (laughs) for why this is so important. Now, why does it matter for leadership? We, you would define leadership as influence. Leadership is more than just authority, right? Mm -hmm. Some some people mistake titles Mm -hmm. or positions for leadership. And those, that's not actually what it is because any, some of us have worked with people who had the title who had no influence. You didn't trust them. People didn't mm-hmm. want to follow them. Title and authority actually isn't real leadership. Leadership is the ability to influence people and take them somewhere good that you want to go. So right. no, we, I love that. we say that because all of you listening to this right now, you, you likely have leadership in some capacity. You are influencing other people. Maybe that's at work. Maybe you lead a team. Maybe you have direct reports. That's possible. Maybe it's at home, right? With your spouse, we lead together side by side. If you have kids, you're leading your kids. In your church, maybe you have a small group. Whatever it is, think about the places in your life where you have influence because you have likely more than you account for. Right. And the need for self-awareness to enter into those those spheres of influence. Yeah. So there you go. Your presence matters. Your presence, when you show up, you have the ability to shape the people around you, mm-hmm. whoever that is. And that starts with your own yeah. self-awareness. Yeah. So that's what that is. Now let's look at five ways that a lack of self-awareness holds you back. Right. Sometimes it's helpful to look at the negative examples, right? Before yes. we can look at the positive and call you into that. So mm-hmm. if you don't have self-awareness, what's the first consequence of that? Strained relationships is, is what we have here first. A lack of self-awareness leads to you know, it can hinder effective communication. It can hinder empathy because you're kind of self-centered, really. Mm. You might unintentionally hurt other people's feelings or misunderstand their reactions because you don't see your impact on other people. There's kind of a mm. shamelessness to it might be a word for that. You know, some, yeah. some ways that looks in leadership might have a bull in a china shop with emotions. You know, we, some of us have worked with people like that, leaders that are my way or the highway, get out of the way. It's just whatever they're feeling that day. That's yes. what we're, that's the roller coaster yeah. we're riding. Yeah. Or you have other people that lack vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. I think with self-awareness comes the ability to be honest with who we are, what we're experiencing, what's going on in the moment. And there's people that just don't share that. They mm-hmm. don't, you know, we'll talk about this a little later, but there's there's an outer shell that you don't get behind. It could look like, you know, everything's perfect for this person all the time because I never hear of anything going wrong or what they're thinking through. There's also 
an indecisiveness for some people. What would that look like in leadership? Well, we actually sat with a leader this last week that was a good reminder that very often when we think of a lack of self-awareness and we think of kind of a bigger bull and china shop kind of personality, that's what we associate with strained relationships and a lack of self-awareness. But this leader particularly was highly relational, very kind and engaging, Mm. but he was incredibly indecisive and it caused chaos on the team because mm. his lack of decision left this ambiguity that nobody was clear on their roles and responsibilities, that his lack of committing to things kind of led to him undermining their leadership in some situations mm. because they would say, we want to go this way. And then inside conversations with other people, the this leader would kind of indicate that it would be okay to go in an opposite direction. Mm. So his indecisiveness actually created a whole bunch of strained relationships, even though he was a very nice guy. It was, yeah. it was a good reminder that every leader has the ability to mess it up in some way. And <laughs> even if you do it kindly or with a smile <laughs> yes, on your face, exactly. as opposed to yeah. the angry one that's shouting. Oh, that's funny. So p- yeah. positive. Yeah. So that's what it looks like. Maybe lack of self-awareness can lead to strained relationships. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that would be trust and intimacy in Mm -hmm. relationships. What can that look like at work? I mean, ways that I found it really helpful, just really simply, is asking for feedback, particularly in one-on-ones. Like, Mm. doing that in a group setting can be kind of challenging. People might be afraid to speak up. Who wants to speak up up first? Totally. Uh, But I found, you know, I I would add the question to, I I like templates and processes, and so I had a one-on-one template for all of my direct reports, and I added the question in there, is there anything I can do better? Mm. Is there anything that you see that... I can help you with or change in how I'm, I'm leading you. I love that. Cause that's both, there is an opportunity for feedback, both for how you can serve mm-hmm. in your leadership, which mm-hmm. grows trust and intimacy of I'm trusting this person to come alongside me and help me and mm-hmm. guide me through what I need to get my work done. But also for yourself, right? Well, personally, yes. when you show up this way, it kind of impacts yes. the team in this regard. So yep. I love that because that that question allows it to be external and internal. Mm-hmm. And it exposes strained relationships. You know, mm. If there is an issue, that's where they'll bring it up. So yeah. just creating the opportunity for that. We found 360 is incredibly helpful. 360 reviews where you send out a survey or questionnaire to peers, bosses, subordinates that give people the opportunity to give you feedback. Right. And that will... Oftentimes what you'll see is a theme or a pattern in yeah, the feedback. Yeah, all the comments. Yes, that, that helps you see, oh, where where are my straining relationships and how can I build trust and intimacy? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's rather than it being a one-on-one opportunity to build that intimacy and trust, it's a group or collective effort to build that trust right. and intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. What about home? Home. Oh, man, we go to Jocko all the time here. Thank you, Jocko Willick, for <laughs> incorporating this in our lives. But we talk about extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. How can you own your contributions to the problems in the family? Mm -hmm. And that looks like everything from, okay, so I'm someone who really kind of likes order a little bit in the home. I can thank my mom for that. You know, everything has a place and a place for everything. And I don't like when people mess that up, but when things get chaotic... I have to go to, okay, did I overexpand our schedule and led to chaos where I didn't even create opportunity Mm -hmm. for the kids to clean up their messes or Mm -hmm. do this? Or am I actually being really lax and lazy at this moment and Mm -hmm. I haven't called them to be up on their chores? Or, you know, it could be anything. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I doing to contribute to what's happening in the home? And how do I own that? Particularly, That's a super, because that's something you did really well. I mean, years ago when the kids were small, I remember you saying, when we get to the point of losing our 
our patients mm. and, and getting really angry, yeah. it's actually our fault. Yeah. When, when the relationships are strained to that extent, we didn't step in earlier and mm-hmm. bring correction or guidance or connection in some way yeah. that might have prevented that uh, right. That bad situation. For we now. say before yeah. you see red, you have <laughs> jogged by hundred yellow yeah. flags. Totally. <laughs> There's warning flags, yeah. and you've completely ignored those, and then you just see yeah. red. So yeah. just being aware of your own contribution yeah. to that situation. Yeah, and good. you can feel that. You can feel that with the siblings, right? Mm-hmm. This sounds silly, but we have two girls and then a boy. He's almost always left out. Let's be real. The girls have their own way, their own special relationships with sisters. So mm-hmm. there's sometimes where we see, oh my gosh, he's being relentless and he can strain the relationship. And we've noticed, oh, that means he hasn't gotten enough connection or playtime or you know a number of other factors. And we'll get into this, but it really is helpful to see when a relationship feels out of whack, there's something else, some level of order or trust and intimacy that has mm-hmm. been missed that yes. contributes to that. Yeah. So recognizing that, that and, is like a... And that reminds fact. me, you know, in Lencioni's pyramid of the behaviors, the behaviors of a healthy of a team, team yeah. the bottom one is trust. Yeah. And so building that trust and intimacy starts with owning your own contributions to the problem. That's Love good. it. Yeah. So secondly, uh, that's the first way that a lack of self-awareness can hold you back is it causes yeah. strained relationships. So you want to aim for trust and intimacy. Yeah. It also causes impaired learning. <laughs> <laughs> and what we mean by this is, you know, absent of self-awareness or with limited self-awareness, individuals might not recognize the gaps in their own knowledge or skills. And so you, you don't seek out ways to grow or ways to <clears> learn <throat> or to improve yourself. Yeah. You, had, you wrote a couple notes on this one. Do you want to start with this one? Right. The idea there is if we are lifelong learners, that can be in skills, that can be in jobs or, you know, things like that, but also self. So there's going to be parts of us like, how do I have that lifelong learning even for myself? How can I choose things that I want to grow in and actually move towards self-improvement? And I feel like we've all known that person, right? There can be someone that's just absolutely oblivious and those are some of the hardest people to, to change because they don't care. And you can even try and talk to them and they won't hear it or they want to listen. And that's hard when you try and you're vulnerable and you confront someone and say, hey, this is what it could look like. And they just do not care. They're so resistant to change. That can be really hard. And some are just oblivious. You know, they just don't know. And so that mm-hmm. allows us an opportunity to step in and do that. But when someone shares something, that reflection should hopefully go into some sort of humility mm-hmm. and empowerment and an opportunity for growth. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to see. We don't want to see feedback and criticism as attack. We want to see that as a moment to pause and reflect and grow. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioning that brings to mind, there's likely a connection between the growth mindset and, you know, this kind of a growth mindset and a desire, obviously, to learn. Because mm-hmm. whenever you want to grow in something, there's going to be a gap between where you want to be and where you currently are. And yeah. so the what you know and what or what you want to know and what you're doing. Yeah. And so the posture to go, okay, actually, I lack this knowledge or I lack these abilities and mm-hmm. I want to grow in these ways right. is key. So it can impair your learning, a lack of self awareness. And yeah. so what you want to aim for is humility and empowerment. Yeah. What does that look like? Um, How have you seen that? I mean, so... Humility and empowerment. Yeah, in in my work, in in my last role, so 
I do, you know, part of my skill set is, is marketing related. And I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at messaging and positioning mm-hmm. and, and that brand strategy aspect of, of marketing. And coming into my last role as senior VP of marketing, I really lacked on the technical side of marketing. But, you know, for example, things like paid ads and SEO and lead attribution and things mm-hmm. like that. The very technical, you know, really data-driven side of, right. of the business. And it was a steep learning curve to work with those people on my team who were fantastic at it. And so I had to go, I'm going to get out of your way. You're the expert at this. Will you please teach me? How How do I view this? What insights do I need to see? And what do I need to do with this? Mm. And over time, that that helped me learn and close that gap a bit. It's still not my wheelhouse, but at least I can I can manage it, which is helpful. So, or empower others to just do it better. Yes, absolutely. When you set them free, there's a lot of humility in saying, "I can't do that well. You do it better." Yes. So why don't you love the team and lead them in this way? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, helping run a learning center for hybrid homeschoolers is recognizing my skill set of I'm really good at play and connection, especially mm-hmm. with the kids, right? Being able to speak to them. Okay. They, the kids <laughs> chant. They chant her name when she walks up to Gosh, I school. love them so much. It's this great. This is B. This is B. <laughs> we have yeah. so much fun. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Nobody else gets that. Well, they love Miss Molly. Let's be okay. for real. Molly, okay. she runs the show. She yeah. does great. They, they idolize her. But yes, I get, it's so fun to just play, connect, tell me all, tell me everything. How was your weekend? What's your favorite thing? What are you looking forward to? Oh my goodness. You lost a tooth. Like there is, I can do that all day, you know, like play and connection, Mm -hmm. but I stink at organization and details. Like, Hey, you know, Kim, we're down to one ball. Oh dang. I need someone else to get eyes on this and help me think through it strategically or organize to where, you know, the schools or not the school that our storage room is organized in a way that makes it easy access. Dumb things like that. that just little stuff that I stink at and being able to empower other people that have eyes for that. Help me organize it so that I can just be turned loose to go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think another way we've done it at home is with the kids mm-hmm. and you know, Kim and I are wired kind of similarly. We have a lot of overlap. We have a lot of overlap in our, in our personality wiring, which can be a little intense. No. (laughs) You don't say. Yeah. And so we've, we've intentionally, you know, we have great friends and we're, we are Mm -hmm. so thankful for them, but in particular, we're so thankful for their influence on our kids Yeah. and being able to have Quote, unquote, aunts and uncles, right? Make up where we're lacking. Yes. Part of our self-awareness has said, okay, where do we feel like we're a powerhouse and can shape the kids in this capacity? And where are we just missing the bar and need? So one way that can look like is empowering our friends to impart their wisdom on our children. You know, there's friends that we have that are brilliant in their spheres of work. And so... We'll tell the kid, hey, ask them questions about this, mm-hmm. learn something from them, you know, allow them to shape them in that way. And there's friends of ours that are way more peaceful and calm <laughs> than <laughs> Nick and I. So making sure the kids get time around those people and those personalities is really important because the kids all have personalities different from us too, you yeah. know? So there's going to be things that they need from other people that Nick and I are unable to give them. So it's fun to impart that to them yeah. through other people. All right. Cool. Thirdly, the third, the third way that a lack of self 
awareness can hold you back. So reduced resilience. So a lack of self-awareness can lead to difficulties in bouncing back from setbacks. <laughs> you can kind of get stuck, right? You, yeah. you lose perspective. Well, at some point, things are just not going to go how you want them to. Yes. Right? Life is... Yeah. Like... It's a rule. It's just going to happen. It's just relentless. Yeah. And so the question is... What do you do when that happens? Yeah. How do you respond? Yeah. And so some people struggle to understand, well, how did I respond to that? Was that good or was that bad? Maybe I need some perspective to that's broader that will help me get through this immediate circumstance. Right. And so they can end up kind of getting stuck and being less resilient. And so what you want to aim for then with self-awareness, the gift of self-awareness can get you to a place where you're, you're more adaptable and you're more resilient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a good chunk of that comes with reflection. Yeah. And so in our home, you know, something that's looked like is, you know, we just get time away to reflect alone and together. You know, we've had, Kim and I have had a rhythm of giving each other time away individually. I like to go to a cabin and be totally alone for 24 hours. Just a man in the woods. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but that, it gives me time to reflect and, and think and, and examine, you know, my last, you know, little bit of time and my responses to those things. Mm-hmm. And we also get time away together. And that right. that happens not as much as we would want, but... Yeah, once or twice a year. Yeah. Twice, usually middle and end of year. Yeah. But the end of the one is really the, the important one. Yeah. Because it's right around our anniversary and we have a checklist that we go through that kind of just helps us assess and evaluate and plan, you know, the last year and the coming year. And the year. coming year. Yeah. And so there's a big part of that of what have we lived through? <laughs> what have we learned? <laughs> what do we want to do differently? Yeah. And that... Where do we want to go? Yeah. I think that helps build adaptability and resilience. Yep. What about work? Man. Oh, man. You need the same reflection at work. You do. You need the same honesty. Yeah. You need to be able to learn from those mistakes. And, and I think that comes through reflection. Yeah. And the trick is you've kind of seen, I've seen teams that just don't have that muscle at all because they don't. They don't want to look at hard things, I think. But I've also or they could just be stuck in their lane, right? I had one coaching client that was at a massive law firm, and he told me they don't even do annual reviews. That's his, crazy. his boss never sat him down and said anything That's crazy. about his work, which is nuts. Can you imagine paying the salary that you would pay a lawyer and not doing a review he with them to be part- like, here's he how you can get better? Partner. Yeah, it's like, crazy. how does someone become partner yeah. without? Reflection and review is crazy to me. Anyways, so yes, that happens. But I've also seen teams that just move so fast that they don't look backwards and therefore they don't learn from their mistakes. And so you need, you know, one thing you can do for your team Mm -hmm. is to do what you might call an after action review. It might be after a project or an event or a quarter, Mm -hmm. whatever, wherever you want to place them. The intent is look backwards and learn from what just happened and then regular have regular rhythms. Yes, regular rhythms of that and then be able to put into action the learnings that you pull from it so that mm-hmm. for the next project and then the next event or the next quarter you're constantly iterating and improving. Yeah. That's a big one. So those questions look like what went really well? What can we celebrate? Right? Cuz celebration yeah. is also oh, super 100%. important. Yes. I think a lot of organizations, yes. even families <laughs> lack Celebration. What are those little wins and big wins that yes. we did yep. that build upon this? But that looks like what did we do well? What do we want to keep? Right? Yep. What and what can we do better? What do we want to do differently next mm-hmm. time? Yep. And then being able to implement that yep. as you move into the next phase, yep. season, project, yep. what have you. Good. The fourth one is, man, in, in a, basically just ineffective leadership. You know, a lack of self-awareness in a leader 
leads them to not understand the dynamics of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, why are things happening? Why are people reacting the way that they mm-hmm. are? Why are some people underperforming? It's not always an issue of competence. It's very often an issue of how they relate. It can also be, you know, they struggle, some leaders, to provide actual, you know, helpful feedback or to inspire other, you know, their, the people they're leading. Mm-hmm. And so that lack of self-awareness leaves them kind of aloof and not as effective as they could be if they were to grow in it. Which impacts teams, morale, performance, everything, right? Big time. Big time. Because everyone's kind of working around the unself-aware leader, you know? (laughs) Honestly, it's, it's it's a hard position because... The team doesn't feel necessarily empowered to mm. address it or help fix it. They don't know what to do. Yeah. You know? that's, a, that's a hard one for teams. Yeah. So, so go for it. I mean, well, you see this everywhere, right? At home, it could look like <laughs> some people have that very happy wife, happy life, where everything's centered around one person's emotional well-being, mm-hmm. which would obviously then say that person's in the form of leadership of leading the home. So when mom is unhappy, the whole family is unhappy rather than Mm -hmm. is mom modeling. And I'm speaking to myself. I am the mom in this equation. (laughs) Is mom modeling how to regulate emotions? And oftentimes I can look like Dan Siegel. Dr. Dan Siegel is amazing at this where he has that tagline. You know, you have to name it to tame it. If I can't say what I'm bothered by, I can't own that thing. Mm -hmm. So in order to recognize my impact, I need to recognize what's happening internally. Mm-hmm. And so being able to name those things. And a lot of times that looks like being able to voice a need. You mm-hmm. know, I am this way because I actually need something. And mm-hmm. that could be the same truth, you know, for a leader, right? I need help or I need to delegate or I need to do these things that are causing me to feel the way I do internally. Mm-hmm. At work, you know, we, we do a, a team dynamics workshop yeah. that helps surface some of these obviously team dynamics that can build self-awareness for the leader and the team. That's really helpful. And I've done this with my own teams and it creates an opportunity for the group to speak into the leader, the leader's strengths and weaknesses. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had to share, hey, at my best, here's how I relate. And at my worst, here's how I relate. And I've had to have the team say, Yep, we've seen those things for good, and they've been, you know, these are the things you do that are awesome, and when you do these things, it's really unhelpful, and here's the impact it has on us. And it and it can be kind of hard to hear sometimes, yeah. but it's it builds a lot of trust, yep. and it's helpful. It gives you a helpful path forward to grow as a leader, yeah. and it makes you more effective. That's right. So. All right, lastly. Yep. A lack of self-awareness can lead to a lack of authenticity. Mm-hmm. That's because self-awareness is a foundation of authenticity. If you know who you are, you know how you relate, you know where you, what you're good, what you're gifted in, mm-hmm. what you need help with, that is being authentic in your leadership. Mm-hmm. Without it, individuals might, what we like to call mask or present themselves in one way that's mm-hmm. actually disconnected from mm-hmm. maybe what they're really thinking or feeling. And people feel that. Like the irony is people know when you're not being real, you Mm -hmm. know, and that leads to a lack of genuine interactions with others. Yeah. You know, our our friend David Zoll talks about this phenomenal article called The Who Behind the Who. And he used this illustration of the mask. He said, you know, when you are living with a mask, like when you are performing in order to be loved or accepted or praised, over time, the gap between your mask and who you actually are grows. Mm. And you end up becoming loved or praised 
not for who you are, but for what you do. And the greater that that chasm grows, <laughs> the greater the vacuum and the void in your own heart grows. And yeah. the, the remedy for that is to mm-hmm. actually be loved for who you are. Right. And so self-awareness enable like a lack of self-awareness actually lives with that mask, yeah. lives with that vacuum. And that's why to use this word authenticity, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind it's of a, a catchphrase right, right now. now. It's a word yes. right now. But when you describe it like that, what we're really talking about is, you know, with a, without self-awareness, you're living a compartmentalized life. Yeah. You're living a fragmented life. You are you're being, living a lie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind <laughs> of a hypocrite, it's right? Not, what, yeah. Who you are does not, who you are presenting as is not actually who you are. And no, no one wants to live like that. Oh, yeah. if you're really honest, you don't want that. Right. And so, to have self-awareness is to aim at then mm-hmm. the opposite of integrity yeah. or, you know, the language that we got from Harbor Network that we used uh, at Cross of Christ was wholehearted leadership yeah. and integrated life. And so right. at work, you know, that can look like an appropriate vulnerability, you know, being able to share, particularly for someone like me who's wired to be effective mm-hmm. and to push and to perform and to succeed, being able to be honest when I've failed or yeah. underperformed or let somebody down, that is a way that the mask comes off, right? Yeah. It's a really simple way to do that. Yeah. Appropriate vulnerability. Uh, I know that's kind of hard, right? There's some levels of leadership where I, I can't lay everything bare. No, exactly. If I'm honest about everything that's really bothering me at work, yes. it would be totally crossing boundaries yep. of confidentiality, what have you, right? So yep. one thing we say that's really important is like, can you have a peer Can you have a peer, even if it's outside of your organization, Mm -hmm. you're a CEO, great meet with other CEOs and share your woes about like what's hard and where you're actually, how you're actually doing and where you're at the same for me. When I had to meet with other pastors, wives, I couldn't divulge everything to even my closest friends Mm -hmm. at church. Right. But I could tell another pastor's wife, here's where I'm at. How do I, you know, what can I do? Mm -hmm. What do I need? So having that appropriate vulnerability Yes, own those mistakes, be honest as much as you're able with your coworkers, mm-hmm. but also find those peers if necessary. Mm-hmm. That's good. Then what about at home? Yeah, we do this. We love this question. We do regular check-ins. Nick and I try and sync every Sunday. Hey, what's coming up this week? And we kind of look at the schedule, what we have going on, but then the immediate questions to follow are, okay, what do you need this week then and how can I help you? And so that just kind of frames the week in partnership of, I want to be, I want to be on your team by knowing what you have going on. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what's hard for you, what's going to be hard this week. Mm -hmm. And so that I can be prepared for that. And so we also ask that every night, you know, I've seen a clip going around of Brene Brown talking about where her and her husband give a percentage when they come home. Have you seen this? Where she's like, I'm at 15%. And he's like, okay, I know I got to make up the rest because they want to always try and be whole at a hundred percent together collectively. And so, you know, obviously stuff hits a fan when you're both at 12 and we're like, <laughs> we're screwed here. We need backup. But that idea of what do you need that allows that authenticity of here's where I'm at. This is how I'm doing mm-hmm. and I need help. And so we even do this with the kids you know, like, what do you need this week? How was that for you? Allowing like creating questions and opportunities mm-hmm. to be honest with where we are instead of just getting busy and in the grind that we neglect a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, let's jump into, uh, let's close with some tools yeah. that we have found helpful to grow in self-awareness. So we've defined what self-awareness is. Mm-hmm. We've looked at five ways that a lack of self-awareness can hold you back and some of the correctives that you would want to aim at with self-awareness, yeah. some, the benefits of it. Then lastly, here are some tools to what grow in self-awareness. some really simple things yep. we can do moving forward? Yeah. Cool. The first one we found is the feelings wheel. And I know that sounds ridiculous. But we use this with our coaching clients too. It's especially helpful for those people that maybe aren't naturally inclined to feelings. (laughs) Looking at you people high and five, okay? (laughs) But it's really useful for just actually helping naming where you are coming off that last point of authenticity. How am I actually doing? How am I actually (laughs) feeling? And being able to name that. It's a giant wheel, a color-coded color Coded chart yes. with emotions on it. <laughs> yeah. So if you Google feelings wheel, you'll find it. Yeah. And if you've seen the movie Inside Out, the Pixar movie, you know, the main, the main characters in the girl's head yeah. were like anger, disgust, joy, like mm-hmm. things like that, right? And so those are core emotions. And so this chart starts with these core emotions in the center and then it, it, moves, it out. moves out from there to mm-hmm. give you more granular language for what you're actually feeling. Very helpful. Actually used it this week with one of our kids who yeah. was going through something and couldn't express what it was. And so it's the like, tears were coming tears and were we coming. didn't and know what was I wasn't, it. I wasn't getting anything from her. <laughs> so I was like, hey, point to where you are on this chart. <laughs> and honestly, it worked. It, it opened up the conversation. So, it, so okay, cool. And then there's also, I mean, another funny it's story. It's like the pain chart at the doctor's office, it is except like the for the motions. That's right. <laughs> Point, exactly. where are we at? Yeah. Exactly. There's a funny story with this one, too. We used to start our, our elder meetings at, at the church with this, with the feelings wheel, because we thought it was important to check in on how we were actually all doing. Mm-hmm. So we had this elder meeting at a brewery, and so we all, you know, had a beer, and I had my laptop out, and I had the feelings wheel up, and, you know, the... The brewer is walking around, he's talking to people, and he's picking up glasses, and he comes over to our table, and he's like, oh, cool, a beer chart. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. You guys were on point, like deep into brewing. And I I looked at this other man, (laughs) this big bearded man, I looked at him in the face, and I was like, no, man, that's a feelings wheel. (laughs) I don't think I've ever gotten a more patronizing look from someone. He didn't even say anything. He just walked just away. Just walked away totally. with your dirty glasses. Yeah, totally. Oh, goodness So, gracious. feelings wheel. Feelings wheel is great. Use yeah. that. It's helpful even in marriage connections. Sit down with your yeah, spouse once true. a week. Ask them where the, what they've been feeling the most that week. Yeah. That'll be really helpful to know what to do. Like, what do you need out of that? Yeah. The second thing we say is story. We, you know, what you've lived matters. We can't separate experience from behaviors. There are things that we do, ways that we respond, stuff that triggers us, mm-hmm. right, that is shaped by what we've lived. Mm-hmm. So those shape how you respond moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so it's helpful to just take a deep dive into your story sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that looks like life mapping. We've done mm-hmm. that exercise a number of times and we walk people through that. And mm-hmm. that's just essentially listing out what are these core memories that I have things that I've lived, both good and bad, and what's the feeling that was attached to that experience, and how has that shaped me? And when you look at it as a whole, it really is just recognizing what's that narrative, what are those themes that come out of what I've lived? Yeah. We've done this in premarital and marriage ministry, and that's been what's been interesting in many of those instances is that some, some couples actually didn't know big portions of their spouse's yeah, stories. Yeah, experiences where you're like, oh, that yeah. makes sense you respond that way, yeah. knowing this part of you now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we've done that with, you know, our coaching clients as well. Yeah. To Kim's point about, you know, <clears throat> you can't separate, you know, your experience, what you've lived from how you respond to it. You know, a simple way to put it is, you know, your family of origin, you, you basically replicate what's normal to you. And because 
how you were raised is normal to you, oftentimes we replicate. What, or we swing so far the other way yeah. on the pendulum. We're shaped to no matter not what. be that way. But something that was really helpful for me was when we went to Texas and we saw where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Like to take the next step, not just of knowing the story, though that's very important, and knowing how the person mm-hmm. was shaped by what they lived, exceptionally important. But the opportunity to see the place that shaped them. Because baby, profound. you can hear about a small town, but you gotta see that small town. It was transformative. <laughs> yep. It was. I love you, Hallsville, Texas. Yeah. Texas forever. So life maps, story. So feelings wheel, life yep. map story. Profiles. Another thing you can use is a profile. We use the relational Enneagram. Find some sort of personality test or assessment that is helpful that can give you language that tells you how you enjoy relating to others, and how you might show up and impact those around you. The reason we choose the relational Enneagram is a lot of stuff is kind of bigger buckets like DISC or Finders or Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. There's all these personality tests. There's tons out there. This is not new information, right? This is the idea. All of them building upon self-awareness, helping you figure out mm-hmm. how to relate and where to go. So utilize yeah. one of those. Those profiles are helpful. Yeah. And profiles with stories are really helpful. Yes. Another tool, we've mentioned it already in our discussion, so I won't belabor it, but just other people's feedback, right? Whether that's you do 360s, you know, once or twice a year on your team or having close friends like Kim mentioned who can really be truth tellers to you Mm -hmm. in marriage. Something that's looked like is, you know, Kim Kim and I are wired, like we mentioned, very similarly, and we're both pretty strong-willed. And so sometimes, (laughs) you know, there's been moments in our marriage where we reach an impasse and we can't come to an agreement. We just need a third-party perspective. We have people in our life that we trust to say, all right, we're going to help call balls and strikes here and yes. tell you what's real. And that that's super helpful, having people that who can be honest with you about your weaknesses and strengths and that's help true. you grow in self-awareness. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned before, your one-on-ones, I think those are really helpful at work. Having consistent one-on-ones where you, you know, particularly ask for constructive feedback. How yeah. can I grow and get better? Help me, yeah. help me be a better person and better at work. Yeah. yeah. Avail yourself to other people's perspectives. Yeah. It's hard to see. It's good yeah. to get other eyes. You know, we do all have blind spots. Yes. So it's super helpful to have someone yeah. else's perspective. All right. All right. So moving forward, what would you say? People leaving this, what can they go do right now, Nikki B? I mean, a simple thing you could do is go take the relational Enneagram report. This is going to give you insight and language to your relational strengths and weaknesses. You can do that at relationalenneagram.com. You know, real and little next level up action you can take <laughs> is choose one thing in your leadership at work or home that you want to grow in. It could be something like controlling your anger moving through fear, mm-hmm. being more honest, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But Even just a skill you want to learn. Or a skill, right? yep, absolutely. And find someone who can help you with that or a resource that can give you knowledge on that topic. Yeah. Just take a step this in that self This is that, that learning we talked about. Yes. Yep, awesome. We offer coaching to walk you through, you know, the relational Enneagram profile or your own growth and self-awareness. Mm-hmm. We do team dynamics work with teams to help them grow and trust and get aligned. You can learn more about that at relationalleadership.co. And lastly, you know, support this podcast at Patreon. We're just getting started and your support would help us, you know, pay for the... More information for you. That's right. <laughs> It'll help us keep it going. So yeah. you can support us at Patreon. We're going to have links to all of these things in the show notes below. So you can go down there and click on those. But yeah. for right now... Hope this has been helpful. Yeah. Get out there. Be a more self-aware leader mm-hmm. in whatever your sphere of influence mm-hmm. is. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.